With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. We are live. We are live. Me and Barkus, that is, me and Barkus are live. Me and Barkus are live. In the house, red cup. We got some exclusive news. We got some exclusives. This is stuff that you won't get on ESPN. You're not going to get this on the NBA network. We got the exclusives for you. Nice to see you all. You saw the story, right? You saw the story about the IG model. Said she got denied. She got denied. Trying to get it to the NBA bubble. And people was like, why? Why was she denied? How you guys doing? Everybody's doing Red Cup. It's an interesting story. And I figured, you know, I would tell it. I would tell it. Now, if you went to my Instagram, you already seen my little mini story. On what happened last week when Woj put out the information that they were going to allow some family members and friends into the bubble. You saw that, right? I know you've been going to the Instagram. I've been doing the little short videos. I know people have been asking when I'm going to get back on live, and here I am. So I'll tell you the long version of that story today, and then you can go check out Robe Talk. <laughs> and uh, the podcast will be back up, and you can check it out. Oh, for all you guys don't know. Oh, come on, Marcus. <laughs> we got we got co-host. We got a co-host, Marcus. Marcus Latin, look at him. Yeah, I know. Okay. Alright. Not, not, not in the face. Not in the face. Y'all little co-host. He's getting big. He was a puppy last time. Marcus is big now. <laughs> You're a big boy? Alright, it's time for the afternoon nap. You don't want to be involved. You don't want to hear about the OnlyFans professionals. You don't? You don't want to hear about the OnlyFans professionals? No? Okay. All right. You want to go back down? You want to say hi to the live? Say hi. Say hi. There you go. Wave. Okay. You have sleep. That's your problem. Get down. All right. Get down. Don't hit the street. All right. So, let me tell you what happened. So, Woj puts out the tweet, right, that now the NBA is saying that, that you can allow your, you know, your ladies in, your wives, your girlfriends, your baby mamas, whatever you want to call it in the end, right? And then the jokes start flying. Can you stop eating my microphone, Marcus? The jokes start flying about the OnlyFans professionals, the IG models, the side chicks, and everything. They were just jokes. They were just jokes until a couple of NBA GMs was like, hold on, this is a problem. And the reason that it's a problem is because 
at first, they were just going to go on the honest system. They were just going to go on your word. So if you was like, hey, I've been dating this girl for six months, even though you had just went in the DMs last week, they were going to let them in the bubble with potentially the Rona. Now, they were going to get tested and all of that stuff and quarantine and all that stuff, but they were going to use the honest system. But then a couple of GMs was like, listen, this is, and it really, honestly, honestly, what I heard was it really had to do with Devin Booker. Even though Devin Booker is was no longer in the bubble because the Suns were eliminated, shout out for going 9-0, and it really started with Devin Booker because Devin Booker is in a relationship with Kendall Jenner. Like a real relationship. Not, I mean, for whatever you can consider a Kardashian-Jenner relationship to be. Then he's in a relationship with Kendall Jenner. So if he went to the NBA and said, hey, I want Kendall Jenner to come to the bubble, under the rules, they couldn't technically deny him if she wanted to stay quarantined for seven days and come to Orlando. And they had a real concern because, you know, Kendall Jenner has, you know, dated a few guys in the NBA. They had a real concern that, they would have a Kardashian-Jenner in the bubble, Instagramming from the pool, maybe running into Kyle Kuzma or Jordan uh, Clarkston. They had a real conversation about this. And then it became a bigger conversation. Like, well, what if some guy brings in his quote-unquote girlfriend, but she happened to date some other guy, you know, uh, in, in the bubble, and all of a sudden they're all packed in together. There's still some hard feelings from that. And it could be issues and stuff. So what they made the decision on was no IG models, no influencers, no OnlyFans professionals, right? So, and there was another thing that they tried to, they tried to also, they trying to scare straight the players. They told the players, look, you only get one ticket, right? You get one ticket. And if you got a kid, you can bring your kid in. So like your wife and your kid can come to the game, but you got one ticket, right? So you got one ticket. And they told the players, like, listen, if you, you know, you bring in somebody that you've been seeing, but you want to keep it low key, that person could end up on national television. And if they end up on national television, you know, somebody may have some questions and they're not responsible for that. And then there was another situation, another problem that they had was that the players didn't necessarily want the teams to know some of the people that they have been dealing with off the court. You know, like they just didn't want that personal information to be out there because if you go in the bubble, you got to give your name, you know, your address, your, your medical history. They take your temperatures. They're doing tests and all of that stuff. So they're like, no, we don't want that. <laughs> we, we don't want that. We don't want everybody knowing exactly who you we're dealing with. Yeah, now, fa now family can get in. So if it's your, like, listen, if, if it's your, for instance, you know, uh, Paul George, right? You know the situation. That was the other thing uh, that they had a, a conversation about. The Paul George, Damian Lillard situation. What if Dame wanted to bring in his sister and, and Paul George wanted to bring in his, his girlfriend, uh, the, the, the mother of his two kids? And they at the pool. What could happen? See, it's a, a lot of variables. But like someone like Paul George, yes, his girlfriend is a Instagram model, ex-stripper and all of that stuff. But, 
you know, she's also the mother of his two children. They've been in a long-term relationship for several years. So, of course, she can come to the bubble and bring, you know, the kids if she if she wants to. So there are exceptions. Not like everybody that's just an IG model that can't come in. Obviously, Savannah can come in and, and everybody who has wives and, and long-term girlfriends and specifically baby baby mamas and stuff, they can come in. But it was just, they didn't think it through. And then they gave Woj the information or Woj got the information from his sources, Woj bomb. And also, I get glad that Woj is free to do whatever he does now. And once they gave Woj the information, they didn't realize, you know, how it would be received in public. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. So, so that is the situation. So that, that's, that's what happened. So I, you know, went out and figured out what was going on. Some, one of them was, one of the IG models was ready to go to the bubble, ready to get quarantined. And that was the other thing. They get quarantined for like seven days. They get to stay at the team hotel, you know, which, you know, could be a little iffy as well. And they get their own room and everything. Well, the reason that I'm not in the bubble, it's a good question. Um, I would have been in the bubble, but alas, uh, let's see. Got baby on the way. <laughs> Wifey has a baby on the way. See, look, these aren't these the cute? Look at these other ones I got. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, hold on, let me show you these. What you want, Barkus? Oh, Barkus wants the paper. Uh, there you go, Barkus. You want the paper? Look at these. Look at these. Uh, you see those? What's the light? <laughs> That's a girl. Yes, look at the girl. Uh, so I got I got some uh, some little little little, uh, little baby sneakers. <laughs> So, yeah, so no to the bubble. Uh, for, well, actually, there's a couple of reasons that it's no to the bubble. Well, what's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, relax. So, so obviously, wifey has baby on the way, and it's coming soon. Uh, due date is in November, so baby's on the way. Uh, that was one reason, because, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be away from my family. That could be potentially like three months. The second reason is, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you... Um, as independent media, if you notice, there's not a lot of independent media there. You know, like normally when you watch your local teams, uh, they have a lot of the local like blogs and, you know, independent media uh, covering the team. The problem with local media and independent media at the at the bubble is you have to pay. <laughs> you, know, you have to pay for your own testing. You have to pay for your room at, at Disney World. Uh, it can be very, very expensive. You know, if you notice most of the the the. The, the reporters that are there are Turner employers, ESPN um, employees, uh, because, you know, they're NBA affiliated and NBA, uh, NBA, uh, you know, league, you know, uh, reporters and stuff. You, you when you, I don't think you understand when you say he wasn't willing to pay. I'm not this is not like the NBA finals where it's like two weeks and you pay like a couple of grand, you know, for your hotels and your flights and stuff like that. Uh, we're talking we're talking six figures, <laughs> you know, high five figures, yeah, high five figures. See, so if you stayed from like day one all the way to like the end of the NBA finals, I mean, the entire process, you're talking low five figures, potentially when you count like all the other things that are involved, you know, six figures, you know, now, you know, now I like, you know, <laughs> I like the NBA just the rest of you guys, and I like to report like the rest of you guys, right? But, there, you know, 
I'm not paying five. I'm not paying high five figures to, to stay out in the bubble for four months when I can just watch it on TV and say the same thing. To be honest with you, so that's why you, that's why you don't. Unfortunately, you don't see a lot of the the local media uh, because even like a local media, like if you're like the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder, uh, and 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 I don't know, like you know what their their local budget is. You know, maybe you can send one guy. It's sixty-seven thousand dollars or whatever, but can't say two or three, you know. So that's why it's mostly just ESPN, Turner, NBA, uh, people, the athletic, you know, companies that got like big dollars. So like dropping seventy-five k is not uh, a big deal, you know. You know, to them. That's the thing about like someone like Stephen A. Is he has first take, so he you can't unless all of first take went to the bubble. You know what I mean? Like it, it's logistics and, and things like that, you know. So. It's mainly, honestly, people that are in the bubble, like I said, work for ESPN, work for Turner, uh, have the ability, if you, especially if you're single, uh, have the ability to to be there for three months and not have to worry about it. It's a, I think it's a good experience if, if if this was, I don't know, if this was five, ten years earlier and, you know, maybe the pricing wasn't, you know, so high, I would have tried to figure out a way to do it. But at this point, it doesn't really it's not really a, it's not the cost reward is not a, a big thing. And like I said, plus I got to, you know, I'm putting together cribs and painting rooms with the wife and stuff, which is all is much more enjoyable than being in the, uh, in the bubble. A red cup. Yeah. So the playoffs are starting today and everything. So you'll be able to see everything, but I just want you to know it was funny, but the NBA is really cracked now. It's very interesting because, the NBA has has gotten things. Look, the, Taylor Rooks is a very good reporter. That's the first thing that you need to know. And, you know, we talked about this before, is that, you know, even before, that you got to respect, you know, what, what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? She was, the, she was the only one that asked the question about the guy from the Magic when he wouldn't wear his Black Lives Matter shirt. Like, did he not care about black lives matter why wasn't he kneeling she was the only one that challenged him on that no other reporters challenged him on that so you got to give credit you know where credit is due is when you go in there you challenge someone you know that's not trying to make friends that's trying to get an answer to a question that everybody wanted the answer to that's the thing that you guys always talk to me about when i go to the nba finals you say rob ask the question that everybody's thinking but it's scared to say and sometimes it's black people you know that we have to do that sometimes. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the man injuries and, and, and things of, of stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't like to wish bad things on anyone. And, you know, I think you guys should know that regardless of things that are happening, you never, ever see me put down other black people, you know, unless they go really, really left. You know, if they go like Whitlocking and things like that. But I normally, you know, I won't do it. No matter what's coming back at me, I don't put down other black, you know, people. <laughs> you know. Now, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that man injury and things like that because I don't want no karma. My knees are pretty bad in, in the same vein and, and everything. But what what's interesting is that the NBA, they got super tests, like, that they can get. They're not getting any Rona violations or anything like that. What it lets you know, if you didn't know, <laughs> What it lets you know is that as a country, if we wanted to, you know, if we wanted to, we could we could get over this. We could we could beat this. But we're not we're not a very smart country. You know what I'm saying? We're not we're not a smart country. So you 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 understand that we not have been with 
we, 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 this is why we're still in the situation that we're in. I find it ironic that the college football people are like, we want college football, we want college football, but they're in states like Alabama and Texas and things like that where, you know, if you tell them to wear a mask, they run up on you with their call of duty, uh, uh, you know, guns and stuff like that. Uh, coffee. So we're not we're not a very smart country. We've talked about this before. We're a very dumb country. Do dumb things and things like that. The NBA got tests that we ain't never seen before. They got tests that we ain't never seen before. That's working. You know, for them, hockey's doing a a, a good job. <laughs> uh, hockey's doing a good job. Baseball's not doing a good job, but you know, it's baseball because baseball is the sport that is more like our country overall than any other sport. You see what I'm saying? Baseball is like a, a MAGA sport. Like, I like baseball, but it, you know, it's more, it's thinking is more like, you know, MAGA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you guys, you guys got to let that go. Like, you, we, we talking about something totally, totally different now. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's, that's the thing becoming great is we should. You know what I'm saying? We should have the same access that the NBA players have. We should. But that's just how life is. Life for the rich. The rich complain and complain, but they also have the best available, you know, to them. You know what I'm saying? And the poor people are the ones that end up getting, you know, hurt. Um, and it's not a knock on the NBA. They're just doing what they got to do to keep their season going. It's a knock on our country and, our, you know, stuff like that. Whew, I mean, boxing, man. Uh, boxing, you know, without fans has been a little rough. The boxing judges is still uh, bad. <laughs> we saw that over the weekend. Uh, you know, boxing, you know, bo- just sports without fans, it's a, it's a little rough. Like it takes a, I think the bubble basketball has probably been the best. You know, but watching the boxing without the fans, watching the UFC without the fans, uh, baseball without the fans, it's it's been a little rough. I don't know how football is going to be. I know somebody asked about, um, somebody asked about uh, you know the NFL. I don't know how that's gonna work, but the NFL is going. People can die, and the NFL is gonna play. Um, the thing about the Black Lives Matter movement in the NBA is is this. Oh, somebody got they arrested somebody for killing um, Jam Master J. About damn time. About it's been eighteen years since they killed Jam Master J. I gotta write about that in a little bit. Uh, but no, uh, the, uh, here's the unfortunate thing. I'm just going to be, can I keep it real with you guys? I'll just keep it real with you guys. Here's the unfortunate thing about that is that stuff happens in regards to black people. And when it happens, there is a, a, a force. We, you know, people are really into it. People are really all of that stuff and they really into it. And then probably two weeks, three weeks, a month, it's stuff still happening. Right. And people are still working hard. But the general population, the fakers, you know, like remember when all of the companies remember I told you all of the companies were like Black Lives Matter and Blackout Tuesday and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and all of that, all of that stuff. Right. We're going to do this and do that and all of that stuff. Remember how that just went away? And remember how, remember Walmart was like, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Then a guy, a white guy, went out there with a sign that said Black Lives Matter and they kicked him off the property. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, what, what was it? Was it Jimmy John? It was another company too, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And then the girl, no, it was, uh, it was one of them, uh, Whataburger. Black Lives Matter, we love Black Lives Matter. And the girl had the Black Lives Matter mask. 
and they fired her. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, so what I mean is that nothing changes in the sense that, yeah, stuff still bad is going on, but the, the majority, the fakers, I would say it's fake. People, there's a lot of fake outrage, people fake caring, people fake canceling, all of this fake stuff, but the real always comes through in the end. You see what I'm saying? It always comes through in the end. And the real, the real is white people really don't care. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, you know, people, we, 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 people disagree about the Jay-Z and the, you know, the, the comment that we're beyond kneeling, right? But I think if you, if you had a real conversation contextually about what he's trying to say is what he's trying to say is if Jerry, like using Jerry Jones becoming great, if Jerry Jones was to kneel, does that make Jerry Jones any less being of Jerry Jones? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the, what he was trying to say. Is that, okay, now it's cool to kneel. It wasn't cool when Colin Kaepernick did it because you got kicked out of the, the league, right? It wasn't cool in 2017. None of that was cool, right? Now it's cool to kneel, right? Now it's cool to kneel. That's 1030. But uh, I don't take the Nuggets in game one. I think it's going to be the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals. See, everything is cool now. It's cool to say Black Lives Matter. It's, it's a fad so so much. You know what I'm saying? Stafford's wife. I'm so sorry. You know, it's cool. But here's the thing. 2016 and 2020 are not that much different. <laughs> Honestly. It's not that much different. It's just cool now. I mean, we've been seeing black people get brutalized, murdered, all that stuff on tape for a very long time. You know, not 2020 is different and everybody's cool now. So, yeah, so I'm not, look, if you kneel and, and you trying to, all that, that's great, right? But like the other person said, what now? <laughs> you know, what are we doing? You know, you know, Trump's still out here like trying to steal the election and he might do it. <laughs> He might, he might literally still, Trump is so bold that Trump goes on Twitter and say, you know something, I'm going to steal an election. I mean, that's what he goes on his, his little uh, meetings or whatever, his little uh, press conferences. And they say, why are you doing this? And say, I'm trying to steal the election. That's what he said. He, he may not say those words, but it's close. And he might do it. He might steal the election. And nobody's going to do anything about it. And here's the thing. Let's say he doesn't steal the election. Let's say he does it. Let's say Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris win. What's going to happen? Are we are we going to fix the police? Are we going to fix the justice system? Are we going to fix the educational system? Are we going to fix the housing system? Trump will come out and tell you what racist white people really think. Trump will come out on Twitter and say, listen, suburban housewife, you better vote for me because if you don't, the niggas are going to move into your neighborhood. That, that's basically what he's saying. The niggas are going to move into your neighborhood and, and do bad things to you. It's the same thing people said, you know, back in, in the, the 60s, in the 20s. You let the black people in the neighborhood. It's going to be some problems. So my point is, Trump saying it out loud. Now, Biden and the rest are going to say what you want them to hear to go vote for him. Now, anybody is better than Trump. You're better than Trump. I'm better than Trump. Hell. You know, anybody's better than Trump. Iron Man, you know, whoever is better than Trump, right? So I get that. So the question is, when, if, if we get him out, then what is going to happen then? Cat Williams is better than Trump. 
We're all better than Trump. I think everybody agrees with that. Except the racist people because they're just like Trump. Suburban, racist white woman does not want me walking around the neighborhood with my little dog. Now my dog may cost more than you know what they make in a month. <laughs> but they see my black face and they don't want that. So here's the question. If we get Trump out, is everybody going to relax? Because honestly, I think that's what happened with President Obama. I really do. And I don't blame him for it. I think what happened was President Obama won and we relaxed. Like, ah, a black president. Things have to get better if we can have a black president. Ah, and we relaxed. And we didn't see all of these racist people just like, like rats and ants just bundling up, waiting. Just waiting. Are we going to relax again? Like, well, we got Trump out. We got somebody that, you know, somewhat, you know, knows about politics. But it's, if the same shit is happening, just not blatant, it's the same stuff. Are we still going to have the educational problem? The it's not just the cops. It's the cops. It's the prosecutors. It's the justice system. It's the same thing is going to happen. You know, it's not just, it's, it's the banks. It's Congress. It's Senate. It's our health care. Why are we paying all this money for health care? Other countries, go to another country, right? Go to another country. And who has like universal health care and, and asks about America. They think they they can't fathom it. They're like, if we sick, uh, we go to the doctor. And the government pays for it. Because, you know, nobody plans to get sick. <laughs> nobody plans to get cancer. Nobody plans to get lupus. Nobody plans to get COVID. We don't make our people pay for it. We don't like Yeah. Yeah. So universal health care, things like that. Until all of that changes, yeah, it's going to be better than having Trump because Trump is dangerous and he gets people killed. But there's people behind. You think Pence is any better than Trump? No, he's not. He just is a politician, so he knows not to say certain things that he thinks. Pence may be worse than Trump, honestly. So what is going to change? Are we going to change? Look, it's great. That you kneel. It's great that we all got Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, shirts. All of that's great that we march and we protest and everything. But it won't be great until we march and they don't see us like, you know, you know, we we people don't understand. Like, well, why do you protest? Why? Like people, non-racist people are reactionary. Okay, <laughs> racist people. Um, or, or they 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 just they they're not reaction they don't react they're, they're proactive races are proactive non-racist people are reactive and what i mean by that is a racist person will go looking for problems right a racist person will go look to be racist that's why racist people nine times out of ten when you see them doing something they're doing something to somebody's minding their own business this person's minding their own business and then the racist person come in that's proactive racism most non-racist people are reactive, meaning we see something happen while we're minding our own business, and then we react. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we see what happened to George Floyd, we react. We see what happened to Breonna Taylor, we react. We see what happens with Trump, we react, right? Trump, proactive, racist, or proactive. Hey, go, 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 um, you know, take this medication that's unproven that I got some money in. Um... Nobody was talking about the damn post office. 
That's the racist. Racists are proactive. Uh, it's the pro, you know, nobody was cared about mail-in ballots, but that's a, that's a proactive move to get it in your head. That's how racist, they looking for stuff. Nobody woke up one day and said, you know something? I think there's a problem with the post office that we really need to talk about all the time. A racist person would say, you know something? These mail-in ballots are going to cost us the election. Let's figure out something to do. It's proactive, reactive. That's what a lot of white people who aren't racist don't understand. They say, why are these black people, why are they acting like this? Well, if something happened to you, you would react to it. White people, nothing happens to them, so there's nothing to react to. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if, listen, if, here's the thing. You, you ever watch, like, Unsolved Mysteries and stuff? If a white kid gets kidnapped, right, a lot of times you will see the mother and the father, right, all of a sudden they they have a, they, they put up, they, they start foundations, right, about, you know, kidnapped kids. The guy that started America's Most Wanted was because his kid got kidnapped, right? That's reacting to something personal that happens to them. My kid got kidnapped. I'm going to try to start something up to help other people that have been, you know, dealing with this, right? Now, if you're a white person, think about this. If your kid gets kidnapped or there's a school shooting or something, you react to that because it hurts you personally. Now, if you're a white person, think about this. Black people, things happen to black people every single day. <laughs> every single day that forces them to react. You see what I'm saying? Every single day. The, on a small scale and large scale. I got It was a DUI checkpoint the other day. Right? DUI checkpoint. You know, I'm driving through the DUI checkpoint, right? With my, my sleep pants on. Going to get some food from a pregnant wife. They say, have your license out. I got my hand on the wheel, my license out. Haven't drank, drunk anything. Give my, my license, which is still a Missouri license because it's still good. The cop looks at my license and you know what he says? He says, hmm, Missouri. He's like, what are you doing, you know, here in California? I said, well, I live here, right? You know, around the block. This is like, you know, my neighborhood. And he's like, oh, oh this, is, this is your car? Yeah, it's, it's my car as well. Like, I look at all the other cars in front of me. They just... Look, go, look, go. I'm there for five minutes answering questions like I'm on the stand. Every day. Did us have a good day, sir? You see what I'm saying? Every day we have to react to this. We're not proactively doing anything. Black people, if you just left us alone and gave us a fair shake, we would mind our business and go about our day. We surely would. I know I would. I would go about my day. We'll talk a little bit about one day how we're our own enemies. <laughs> Sometimes we can be our own enemies. We 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 take out we try to hurt our own people that are working for us. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But I want to get back. Yeah, I mean that that's like I said, that's a different conversation for a different day. It surely is. But it is a conversation that needs to be uh had. Because it's one thing to have to fight against, you know, the Whitlocks and the Clay Travises and all of these other people and, and just the general, the cops and the politicians and the other media people who are against us and all of this stuff. And then, you know, have to fight against each other. <laughs> it's a totally different, you know, that's a totally different thing, you know. But one day, we, we had that conversation. We had that conversation. But yeah, <laughs> the games are on and everything. <laughs> yeah, the games are on. And so, but I wanted to get back on live this Monday 
Everything seems cool, right? You know, I'm not, you know, I always kept it real with you guys. Um, there's some things in my past that I wish uh, I didn't do. You know, retrospect is always a thing, but I always kept it real with you guys. I'm not one to, to, to fake the funk with you guys. And I had to pay the price, you know, for that. You know what I'm saying? I had I had to I had to pay the price, you know, for that. You know. Now, you know, were there things that I wish I could have said? I, yeah, that's true. But in the end, you know, sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, "Hey, I'm going to be a better person <laughs> going forward." That's what I like to think I am. You know, I'm married, happily married. I got a puppy. I got a baby on the way. My business, thankfully, thankfully, my business. Uh, was not taken away from me like some wanted. So my business is doing well. People are still reading the articles. I'm still fighting the the good fight for us. I'm still trying and, you know, trying to do better. And, you know, I'm still going to help people as much as I possibly can. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let that. <laughs> That's the most important thing, you know. The, the most important thing is to accept, take account, accountability, Move on, try to do better. And that's what I, t- I, you know, I've told you guys that long in the past. You know what I'm saying? I told you guys that long in the past, right? And I've always told you, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, we, it would, neither, nobody is perfect. I've never been perfect. And I've always admitted that in everything. And, you know, I appreciate anybody that, you know, who, who accepted my apology, um, who, you know, keep going to the site, kept, kept the site up, kept the site running and everything, you know, <clears throat> you know, so, yeah, I kept moving, you know, I kept it moving, <laughs> so, appreciate you guys, we're going to keep, uh, keep on keeping on, we're going to keep, you know, doing these stories, we're going to keep putting people, uh, you know, who, the racist people out there, we're going to keep fighting, uh, we're going to keep trying to make things better for us in the world and in media, um, as long as I have a platform, that's what, you know, I'm going to keep doing. You know what I'm saying? You know, that, that's what I'm going to keep doing. As long as I got a platform, I'm always going to be about, you know, us. That, and that's always the most important thing. I'm always going to be about, you know, us. Because regardless, there's not a lot of people uh, for us. So as long as I got this platform, definitely going to do that. You guys have a good day. Go watch the games. Have fun. When stuff comes up, I'm back. You go to the uh, Rope Talk podcast. You're going to see it up in a little bit. Obviously, the stream. I keep doing the videos for Instagram, BSOTV. Go to YouTube. They're also on BSOTV. So we're still working. You know, I heard still working, still doing big things, still got big plans, you know, coming up. But the most important thing is getting ready for my little princess that will be coming soon. I'm so excited about that. I'm out.